Hello, everyone. This is the King of Podcasts, and I'm here to offer to all of you here on CocoScope a premium podcast, which allows me the opportunity to go ahead and teach you many of the things that I have learned producing podcasts over the last 13 years to this date and over the last 24 years in radio off and on. And that's what I've done. So give you a little bit of background before I go ahead and move on to today's topic, which will be just the simple things to help streamline your podcast. And that's what people need to understand. It's all about speaking. Now, my background is that I have several radio stations that are online radio stations and podcast networks that are full-time right now. Webmasterradio.fm, which I've been working on since 2005, August 2005. Cannabisradio.com, which I got to launch back in 2016, to me 2015, that's right. So I put those podcasts together with a team of others, obviously producing the shows, management in front of me, helping to obviously put the background, the layout of what they want the shows to sound like, which, you know, and their direction and their grace, you know, their management, they had some great ways of kind of going with it. But before they put these networks together, the idea is the radio stations were made to be marketable, number one, and number two, sellable so that we could sell sponsorships. We wanted to be able to sell sponsorships traditionally like everybody else. Now, that's not being done in the podcast space on the larger end. The bigger end podcasts are not doing that. And there's an explanation behind how that works, where every advertisement is registered as cost per click or cost per measurement, CPMs or CPCs, which, you know, everything is results-based, results metrics, which that's fine. And it's all a matter about what promo codes you put out there, what kind of things can be done so that advertisers can come back to you and say, okay, give me a little bit of tracking. Give me some reports as to what the results are. What is, you know, I'm getting promo codes out there, but I don't know how many people are actually truly listening to the ad and making something of it. Or we offer them to have their own sponsored program, which basically is their own podcast. Originally, we did it where we created our own blanket series, aka a town hall meeting, which we thought would be something that would be the same idea where it was the branding of Webmaster Radio that would be the overshadowing brand to the sponsor coming on that product. And that's what it was not necessarily Webmaster Radio endorsing the product. It was the idea that we were trying to bring in people to be a part. So that was the idea. It was the matter of we wanted to elevate the brand when after the fact we chose to start creating the brand, help elevating the brand by creating that brand on its own and having it be branded as theirs, customized for their use. But the whole idea is that we would actually still control the content, but we would produce the content, help them host it, media train them on it. If they wanted to have somebody to host it with them, we would do that as well. But we put that together and we made it so that some people could just come on, get a podcast ready to go, and just move with it. And we did that for a very long time. We've done it for a long time, and we've been very successful with that. And we've had other projects we've done as well for other companies. But in my setup here, we've worked with a lot of big companies and a lot of good names. We've had a lot of great guests on. 
You can go to the websites themselves, webmasterradio.fm and cannabisradio.com. I can tell you that I've been there for about 95% of those programs. Of the ones that are produced up there, if it wasn't me producing them, monitoring them, recording them, and working with the hosts to make sure all the cues were met, their time limits were made, or that the content was taken care of and everybody sounded good, that was what I did. And if it wasn't that, I edited the shows, wrote the write-ups, the descriptions. Our thing as well was within the management, it was to make sure that everything was targetable. Everything was searchable through the Google search results or Bing or what have you. To, to the search engine rankings, the SERPs, we wanted to make sure that everybody could go and hear our content. That was important. Now, that's the layout of what I do today. But what I want to do is talk to you about all the things that I've learned through podcasting. And number one, most importantly, is podcasting is radio. And people don't talk that about that too much. But podcasting is still radio. Just because you might have, not might have the voice that is resonating, that's strong, that sounds of all the radio hosts that have been back in the day. Well, podcasting, the reason why it's so popular and it's so viable is because everybody can do it. You can create your own podcast. You can build one. You'll be surprised how little effort, how little money and investment you need to put into it. What you really need to do, the, the real effort and the real investment you put into it is the time you do to prepare your show. If you prepare your show, you should properly prepare it. And the time you do to record it and make sure you get everything across. But you should do certain things to kind of regulate yourself. Make sure that you are keeping yourself within a limit that really does help and that just stands out. To just do a podcast and just ramble on for hours and hours, some shows do that and there are some formats that do that, but that's not for every show. You have to keep in mind your audience and also what you have to keep in mind is how your audience is listening, where they're listening and keep all that in mind. And the things you should do with what's available to you, whoever hosts your content and whichever places you distribute your content, you need to take all this into into account and realize all the things you need to do to make sure this works for you best. But this information I felt was premium. This was me giving basically not trade secrets. There are things I just cannot discuss within what we do of the radio networks I work for. But I think it can absolutely give you a lot of advice that, listen, and God bless the guys that do podcast tutorials out there, the, uh, the uh, was it the Ray Ortegas of the world, the Daniel G. Luces of the world, the, um, the Tom Ravenscrofts. Listen, they're great guys. They definitely have their own system of putting things together. Uh, one of the guys I worked with that most recently passed away, his name was James Martell. Uh, he added his own show called Podcasting Mastery. It's still available if you want to go look for it, podcastingmastery.com. I did do a, uh, at least an episode with him talking about pet peeves. And I thought that was something I would put out there. And one of the things was is that, you know, I would have offered more time. But the thing is, I just think there's going to be things that I think of that I've learned. And it's not me so much that I have to go ahead and write it down and put a presentation together. Maybe at some point I'll go to a podcast movement or a podcast or one of these events and go to these shows, but I'm not part of that clique. I'm not part of that group, even though I know some people that are. But there's just too many other things going on with me where, you know, it's warranting time. And it's not like I'm trying to be some big ego, but I think 
I think I know enough about podcasting to work any podcasting program that's out there. You could give me any podcaster, any radio network of any syndicated radio show, any large scale show, and I can produce it and I can make it great. That's how I feel. That's my attitude about it. But I worked hard to get here. And I'm not a person that took a long time to say, okay, I'm going to build my brand. No, I didn't think about that. Not until 2012 when I decided I didn't even have the king of podcasts name or the brand. It was just the fact of the matter is, I'll tell you what it was. In 2012, I said to myself in December of that year, I was looking to do something more with what I was doing. I even said to myself, I told the bosses with their blessing, hey, I want to do my own podcast. I don't know what it is yet, but I want to work on it. And it took me a couple of months to figure out what I wanted to do. So I did. And I got to the point where, okay, I decided, let me see. Do I want to do a radio industry podcast talking about all my stories from the radio industry, commenting about the radio industry? Well, at that time, I tried it. I didn't feel good about it. But that show now has become the Creative Not Corporate podcast, which I started this past January. Then I tried pop culture, water cooler kind of stuff. That became what would eventually be this creative, not corporate as well. Then one show I definitely wanted to do, which I tried out as a pilot, was a wrestling podcast. Wrestling is real. And that's the show that clicked. That was the one I felt comfortable with. And I felt like at one point I needed a co-host and I did. But then the last couple of years, I've done the show by myself. And now I feel very comfortable doing the shows by myself in my setup here and all the things that I did to make it sound good. But there's so much that goes into podcasting, I don't think people take enough time for. I think people, they take too much time to find out how to monetize, how to go ahead and bring the content in. But for me, as a producer, I'm here to try to tell you the things that you should always keep in mind because it is still, in essence, a radio program. And you got to keep in mind what you're doing with your content to make sure that you are putting out the right product, that you are entertaining people. Now, I'm of the understanding, and there's two ways to do it, okay? There are people that like the NPR style of, pro- of podcasting, where it's very intellectual. Uh, you don't have people talking too loud or too over the top. They're not trying to do morning zoo type radio, okay? I get that. But I still think that kind of reserving yourself and thinking that NPR style, that something to be said about people really do, you know, they, they lean towards that. Well, there's a lot of shows that are very popular. And if it was on television or if it was on regular radio, I think people would go ahead and draw themselves to that. But one thing is people are not necessarily all the way into NPR and trying to find this show when they want it. It's just like television. People do like the idea, if they are given the chance to go ahead and get something on demand, they'll listen to it that way. And what I noticed is among other shows that are out there in podcasting, sports is very popular, wrestling is very popular. What you don't want to do is you want to take the good things of radio, and honestly, it comes back to the history of radio. But what you don't want to do is the things that are wrong with radio, which is what corporate radio is today. Okay, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of the morning shows that just have their kind of thing set up. And I'm the worst. I'll tell you one of the other thing too. Most importantly, the podcasters you want to listen to are not the ones that are doing radio shows. Unless they're doing their own podcast, which is a different content altogether from what their regular show is. You don't want to hear, you're not going to learn anything from a podcast that is just a rehash of a radio show from that day. 
okay, there might be highlights you get from a podcast. That's fine. But it's still a radio show. It doesn't resonate to hear. So what you want to do is you want somebody that does an organic podcast that is made for podcasting, but it should have radio elements within it. My lesson for today is, most importantly, if this has not been said to you before, by all means, say it to yourself. Podcasting is as important as public speaking. If you are a good public speaker, those are the type of people that at Webmaster Radio and Cannabis Radio, those are the people that essentially we want to have on our network that we offer them a program where we're not charging them for it. It's in trade. It's their popularity. It's their marketability. It's their presence. The way they will go and promote the show back to others through social media or other routes or or just the things that they do in general to promote themselves. If they're promoting the radio show along with us and putting us as part of their brand, God bless them. That's what we want. Those are the shows we really want. And those are the shows we do best with. And we media train. And... Trust me, over the years, we've learned a lot about how to train better, and we always have to change the routine. The protocol for us to go ahead and make this happen, it continues to change on and on and on. It's just the way it is. Most important, you got to be able to, if you're recording the show, you should always remember any imperfections that you could take out without taking away the natural flow of the show. You want to be able to go and keep that where it is compacted. You want to be able to always know where all that is and try to clean out as much as you can. Now, at one point with our cannabis radio product, there was a point where we were trying to cut out every um, every ah, every stutter, every imperfection of audio and clean it to the hilt. And the reason why is because there's a stigma with cannabis and All of our show hosts, no matter how intellectual, how well-read, how well-spoken they were, we felt the need to overcompensate for that by making sure that anybody to listen to our initial programming for a long time, for over a year, a couple of years of of the network, we made it a point to make sure that we cleaned up everything so that it sounded like there was not a hitch missed, so that there was nobody that could say that cannabis radio programming was bad or at least was not produced well, or at least our show hosts did not sound like they were all over the place and not informed, not prepared, not able to give a good presentation. Now, one thing that would happen is is that with some of the shows, if they were having to do a show live or they had to go and do a public speaking engagement, that might deter people. That might say, oh my goodness, well, look at how you know, flawless these shows are on podcast, but then we hear you talk in person on stage and you're stuttering a bit. And that might just take people a little bit off. If you're able to speak clearly and handle yourself in front of an audience, it doesn't matter. Toastmaster, 500 people, 50 people. But being able to not necessarily have to rely on verbal cues, vocal cues, visuals, anything that you're able to go ahead And handle what you're saying, not lose a beat. Even if you lose track of what your presentation is, you can find your way back to it. Or you can find a way to keep focus and be able to continue to talk to the audience without any fear or stage fright and be able to project what you're saying so that every word is being heard. By doing my podcast, which I didn't learn 
until I started doing my own podcast or podcasts is the fact that I need to go and learn. And that was the reason I even did the podcasts alone. I, first of all, I wanted some, I wanted to talk about certain things that I couldn't, I didn't have necessarily friends that had the time to listen to me or hear me out. Then I wanted to go ahead and be able to be a better broadcaster and radio in general, because if you're behind the scenes, of course, some people have the itch. They want to get in front of the camera or in front of the microphone in my case. So I did. And I wanted to make sure that when I went and did this show or did any show that I did for podcasting, it was a matter of being able to be well enunciated, well spoken. Sometimes, you know, I do a show it's because I'm going to do it recording that day and time. And I feel the need where maybe I'm not perfect on reading stories or I'm not perfect on how I'm projecting myself or speaking. Some of those times that happens and that's everybody has you know a day they're not completely there. I get back from jet lag from business trip and I kind of maybe just not stumble, but I can tell and I can listen back to myself and hear where it doesn't sound right. Now, you obviously have heard people talk about the fact that listen back to your show. And I'm telling you, that is 80, 85 percent of the best way to correct yourself and make yourself a better public speaker, better podcaster, better radio broadcaster for that matter. You got to listen back to yourself. You got to hear yourself and cringe. You have to cringe a lot and listen back and listen back. If you got to take notes, do it. But you just listen back to every show you can and listen to everything you're saying and come back in there with a clear mind and say, okay, did I, was I able to make the point that I was trying to make across? Did I do it? How did I sound? You want to be able to hear any noises in the background, put it on with headphones you don't want to necessarily have to hear it through speakers in a car stereo or through, uh, you know, your smart speaker, whatever it is. Sometimes that's fine. But it is something important when you're especially doing the show for the first time yourself and you're listening back. Listen to it on headphones. Listen to it a little bit loud. Make sure you hear every little thing. There's a little bit of noise. There's a little bit of background. And then you always tweak it. It's like a website. You build the website out and there you go. Just start tweaking, 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 tweaking. What can I do to make it a little better? What can I do to make it a little bit sharper, a little more color, a little more information, a little more content? What can I do to make it better? And then it's like a painting. It's like you continue to enhance. You continue to try to put things together to make it sound better, sound crisper, sound nicer. And it took me a long time to get to the sound I have now because I'll tell you, I went through different microphones, different setups, different recorders, different computers to find where I'm at now. And now I know a template of what my show should sound like. And I did a lot of things. You know, it wasn't like a major investment. I'm going to put audio baffling in within the bedroom of where I record this show, okay? I put baffling around enough to make it where it doesn't completely drown out the sound. You don't want to make it completely dead, but there's some noises that are unavoidable. Now, my central air in this house, or in this bedroom does not affect so much. The only thing I might get noise from that you might hear is from a ceiling fan that's above me to keep me cool because when I have to close the door in this bedroom, the draft that I don't have keeps a little bit warm. That's neither here nor there. But anyway, listen to the background and clear it up. You want to make it like a radio studio as much as you can, which all radio studio is, it's just consoles and switches and buttons and that's it. But you're still using a computer. You can still have the baffling up wherever you want, and you can also make it decorative. 
You don't have to have the baffling you see in a radio station. You could put acoustic tiles, whatever you want. But if you can invest that in the room you're in and make sure you record in the room that's small, try not to do it so much in your kitchen or in some major open space. Find a space where you can do it and it's just comfortable. And make sure you're comfortable. I mean, don't put yourself in a spot where it's just not. I mean, you want to sit there and relax and just be able to talk. And not feel like you have to shuffle around papers and move things around. For me, it's little clutter as possible so that I don't get distracted. Okay. If I have stories I want to talk about, I link them. Some people, they like to just put the tabs up on the browser and just go ahead and look for them that way. Or people just want to print out. That's fine. But keep everything within a certain system. For me, it's a matter of I'll record and I'll have links hyperlinked onto another page on my computer, and I'll just click on them and go to the links when I need to get to them, whichever stories I have. But I'll have a kind of a setup that I go through. If you want to change it up, you change it up. But it's how your comfort level is. It's how you want to be able to go ahead and put things together so that you have little distractions, little bit of eye movement, little bit of vocal movement, little bit of hand movement so that you're not doing other things to take away your focus from you doing the show. That's what you do. And honestly, I always say to myself, sometimes I don't look down, I look forward. I look ahead. Sometimes I look at other things in the room and just move around because that's almost like what public speaking is as well. You're, you are wandering one to and from the crowd. You're listening to all the people. You're looking at all the people, talking to them. Maybe you're listening to what they might be saying. You might hear them rumbling a little bit. You might be just kind of getting a read for everybody. It's what you would do in public speaking. You want to do that as well. And most importantly... If you're the kind of person that uses hand gestures, by all means, use hand gestures. The chair that I sit in here right now, I have it where it's like a bit of a throne. It's an accent chair. So my arms are roughly to the top of my chest. And when I sit here, I could just rest my elbows here and I could do hand mannerisms. I can do hand gestures as I record. And sometimes if I need to get a point across, I can point the finger out and kind of say things. Or if I just need to make a point, it's like an evangelist. The reason they can project a little bit more is because they kind of take the energy or take the momentum of what they're talking about and projecting it through their gestures. There's a reason why televangelists and those that are out there work so well. Or people that speak, the best speakers out there, they work so well doing that. And there's certain things they don't need to worry about. When you see speakers, you know, like a Tony Robbins, you know, they got this little, they got the microphone that's on the little Bluetooth kind of deal. And it's just a little setup where you can just have the microphone sitting right there on your ear. You can hear back, you know, any monitor stuff, any kind of stuff you want. But it's free and clear for somebody to just go ahead and focus. Not have to worry about visuals. If somebody else is handling the visuals, God bless them, that's better. But those are the things you want to worry about. It's like you try to find a way to, Keep the focus away from you doing all the other things. Because normally on radio, you have a producer that's helping you keep yourself going. And then if there's a few things going on, you might get a message or two here or there. Or you might get some papers coming in between breaks. But there's the chance to do that. But if you're podcasting, you're your own producer in some cases, right? Unless somebody's doing the show with you or you have a co-host. But when you're doing the show... It's best when you could try to go ahead and do as little as you need to to go ahead and go back to edit things and try to have to go ahead and make changes and alter the show from what it sounded like from the original beginning. For me, I love to be able to do a show where it stays in real time. The only thing I might cut out 
or if there's long gaps where I say, okay, I'm going to stop for a second because I'm going to look for something on the computer, look for misinformation, or I'm going to take a sip of water, whatever it might be. Those are things you could take out that are naturally. That's you making the purpose of giving yourself some time to cut out the crap. And when you're doing a show and you're recording it, especially with a guest, you want to be able to do that. And never be afraid, which that's another thing, doing shows with interviews, that's on future shows. You know, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the things you could do in terms of how people listen to the shows when they're listening to it on devices and how you need to keep that in mind. Those kind of things are all going to come up here, okay? But again, the simple things right now is to keep yourself the ums and ahs, the stutters, the cliches. You got to get the cliches out of your system. At the end of the day, I do that all the time. At the end of the day, when it's all said and done, I say them. We all have cliches. Try as best as you can to just cut them out and talk. You need to also do as much as you can to try to avoid just not being able to give out everything that you want to say or having to censor yourself. You need to be able to not censor yourself. You need to be able to be free, willing, and spoken. But you also need to make sure that you keep in mind at all times in the back of your head, hey, I don't want to say anything that I need to apologize for. I don't want to say anything that I need that I will regret that I need to take back. I should be able to go ahead and say whatever I need to say and not be afraid of any repercussions. Because the worst thing you could do as a podcaster or as a radio broadcaster or a broadcaster in general is having to go back and do a mea culpa. Apology. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody should want to do that. Nobody likes doing that. Do you keep that in mind? Does that make sense? Get out of your system. Get it out. Get it away. Take it away. I'm doing my best right now to go ahead and do a show where I'm not doing any of those things. No stuttering. No ums or ahs. None of it. Those are crutches. You got to get rid of all the crutches you can. And I can imagine all the crutches that you have and how you can fix that for yourself. Trust me, there's a lot. You have to be able to say to yourself, it's got to get out of your system. Nobody wants to hear you where you can't keep yourself, you know, where you can't keep yourself focused and you can't keep talking to people and not be able to stay on track, stay on focus, stay on, stay on park, stay on the content, on the content you're trying to talk about. You've got to be able to go and keep that there. Those are the kind of things that are very important. And I'm telling you, if there are questions or there are things that you want to go and learn about, by all means, please email me, kingofpodcasts at yahoo.com, kingofpodcasts at yahoo.com, or there's a contact form at kingofpodcasts.com. That site will show you to my website for the wrestling podcast initially that's where i started the show i also have a section there for podcast production and web services if you want me possibly to help you build your own podcast if you want me to help you enhance your own podcast whether it's through voiceover work or having if you have an audiobook you need narrated or produced or you might need some kind of simple video production or you need web design i'm here for that i do things for radio shows podcasters podcasts in general 
Those are the things I do for a living, and I'm willing to offer that extra time to work with all of you at a very reasonable price. Listen, I'm not trying to break the bank here. I, I feel like I'm very blessed with what I get to do right now where I work, and that's what's most important. I stations in West Palm Beach, Florida, not that far from where I live, and it's a couple of AM radio stations. They're actually all AM radio stations, for a matter of fact, but a couple of FM translators that coincide with each. And it's a good friend of mine that does programming there, and he doesn't have a majorly big staff, but he has great people working for him, and he's trying to make the most of what he already has, which is he has this uh, amazing Haitian Creole program that he does for Palm Beach County and for surrounding areas, and he has English and Spanish programming he's working on, so I've been helping him out on those areas because he knows I've worked radio for a long time on the broadcasting end, on the, po- on the programming end, and the production end, he knows that I can help out with that. And it's been enjoyable. And it's something where I get to be creative and I get to be what I am and work on terrestrial radio, which I always did want to do, but I didn't want to do it with the corporate you know, heads on top of me, not letting me be able to have the creative control or the wherewithal to do what I wanted to do or to do what it took to make a radio station more successful or make a podcast better. Those are the kind of things that happened. And I can tell you, I've gone through experiences where I've had to do a lot of things to try to keep a podcast going. And I'll tell you, you want to talk about doing your best to create a podcast and do whatever it takes to make a podcaster happy. See, that's something that I'm sure a lot of these podcasters cannot tell you, is I have worked with every kind of sponsored podcast you can think of. When You got to work and build a podcast and do a great product for a sponsor. Okay, it's worth you put your money where your mouth is. You talk a good game and you see how well you do. Well, when money's on the line, you step up your game. And not even step up your game. I already have my game at a certain level. But then you do feel the need. You're compelled to do what it takes to keep that person to keep spending and keep committing to the project. Okay. And I've had shows that, you know, they only stayed around for maybe six months. I had shows that stayed around for six years. And I'm telling you, it took a lot of work, a lot of reputation, building a reputation. And it took a lot of work on building a proper protocol and doing all the things that you write within your own sake of producing your own podcast and producing other podcasts with a certain professional level for you to be able to go ahead and do what you need to do for these other podcasters. That's another step I don't think that a lot of people can say that they've done where they have created sponsored programming, okay, where it's brokered, okay? It's not easy, but we're not doing brokered programming like any layman radio station out there where you just give somebody airtime and they do what, they, what little they need to do to make the show successful. They're just taking the money. We don't do that. We actually take as much time and as much effort as possible to put all of our effort and to go above and beyond to give the best possible work, the best possible effort to all these sponsored podcasts that we do. And that's something that I think we're able to go and give to all of you that will show you that where I'm coming from as the king of podcasts, there's a reason why I could call myself that. Because I have reigned and I have royally done a great job in producing a lot of podcasts and doing a lot of different shows and overcoming incredible obstacles and lack of resources in some cases and just doing the day-by-day grind and working and multitasking other things in order to keep things going. 
Because there's some cases where I've had 40 to 50 shows to work on any given week and to keep those up and book guests for those shows and look for content for those shows. And in some cases, build scripts for those shows. Okay, because some people, when we said, well, we'll provide your producer, we'll provide you the help, we'll even help you with the guests. Well, if you're a sponsored podcast and you say, okay, I'm spending this much money with you, I'm, I'm going to spend what? I'm going to spend what? I say like uh, $18,000 the next six months and I'm going to produce your show. And the show says, okay, book us these guests. And they say, okay, we want to be able to record this all ahead of time because we have this person that's not going to be able to available after a while. And I can tell you stories about that without giving the names of the brands where we've gone through overwhelming obstacles and people taking advantage completely of the situation because it's in the contract and they're allowed to do it. We put things in there that are going above and beyond. We over deliver and under promise. And I'll tell you what, there's been times where we did over deliver because that's what the sponsor wanted and the sponsor, they get what they get. What mama wants, mama gets. We did it. We did it for a long time that way. Those are the kind of things we're going to show. I'm going to explain to you, show you through the audio that I have, maybe some visuals I could probably provide within what I have here on this show. And that's what I'm going to offer. And I hope some of you will appreciate plugging a couple dollars right here and telling others to plug a couple bucks so that they can go ahead and learn from me. Like, I'm not going to come out here giving large editorials, but I just think there are things that I can teach all of you that'll make you a better podcaster. And I've worked a long time to get there. And I got a long way to go and I have a whole lot more to learn. And I want to have you here when I learn about it. And I want to be able to answer all questions that you have that you feel like you might've gotten an answer for and you're still not satisfied. And you still don't feel like you've made yourself the best podcast possible. I'm here for you. I want to help you. Again, I'm the king of podcasts. Thank you for finding this channel. And thank you for listening to me and all the best in your podcast endeavors. So long.